with your soul this morning. I love, well, I love a lot of parts of that song, but uh, that was actually the very first song I heard uh, on the mission field in Haiti in, uh, gosh, 1977 was my first missionary trip. And they uh, they were singing it in Creole, which I didn't understand, but I had an interpreter next to me. And after they sang the whole song, they were getting ready to sing it again. And I said, I know that song. I know that song. I've heard that song. And when they began to sing it again, he started interpreting beside me what the words were. And it just... It just overflowed me, uh, and I was I was preaching that day, and I was just so uh, humbled by the congregation that was sitting in front of me that day, and what an awesome responsibility it is to carry the gospel, not only here, but wherever God has sent Barb and I, we've endeavored to always share the gospel. I heard a guy say one time, you may, you may never hear anything new, but you're going to hear something that's true. Now, what we do with what we know to be the truth is between us and God. So I'm so thankful that all is well with my soul today. Can you say amen? Harold, if you could, I don't know if, uh, if you can do it real quick. But uh, could you put up on the screen, uh, this is what I'm going to be talking about today. A faithful man who can find. Everybody say that with me. A faithful man who can find. Amen. I'm going to ask Chase to come up here with me this morning. He's going to help me today. And everybody give Chase a hand this morning. How many of you know that for our church to live and grow, we're going to have to get our youth involved in everything that we do? Because uh, believe it or not, some of us are not going to be here forever. Come on now, that's just the truth. So I'm impressed with uh, the youth that we do have. But can you imagine how much more better it would be if we had more? That if Jordan would have the, the uh, opportunity to minister to young marrieds, he's getting ready to get married, him and his fiance. But what an opportunity he would have to be able to minister to people like that uh, on their basis, on their level. And what a privilege it is to have a good young man like this here in the church. Of course, if I need any help, he could always protect me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, can, I can hide behind you, Chase. But uh, I asked him actually before church, and I, I said, you know what? I just need to have Chase read our text for this morning. And uh, it's just a good thing. So I want us to pray for our youth, our children, because at this point in time, we don't have many. And the only way that we're going to get those children and youth here is to provide something for them. We need to give them a reason to come. We need to give reason like Jordan and his fiance and others like him a reason to come. Because if there is no reason, then they probably won't come. But yet Chase... And our young people are going to be our greatest tool to use to ask people to come here. They must use their voice. They must use what they have, their talents to ask and to bring, as well as everybody else sitting here. You have a talent, and I don't know what all those talents are. I told, uh, I told April's nieces that if they keep coming, I'm going to give them something to do. So, uh, you know, it doesn't take you long to love people like that. It doesn't take you long to love people who are faithful, who are committed, who are trustworthy, who can do things 
that maybe we didn't even know about. Thankful for our visitors today. So thankful that you're here. We, we believe and we hope that we have made you feel welcome. And we want you to feel that way. And if you're ever in this area again, we'd like for you to make this place open and available for you to come anytime you're here. So we appreciate that. So, so Chase, right here is what we're going to read, my brother. So you just go ahead and read. We're going to Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 6. You've got to give them a minute or two to get to where we're going. So when you start preaching, you'll know what to do. <laughs> Amen. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 6. Go ahead, Chase, right there. Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. Amen. Father, we thank you today for the opportunity to share your word. Thank you for my brother Chase, who was willing to come and boldly read your word, not only to those in the congregation, but to those who we are live streaming to, wherever that is. So, Father, we thank you that you'll bless him, you'll strengthen him, and you'll give him courage and give him a want to, to do more things for God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Chase. Praise God. Amen. Y'all thank Chase this morning. Amen. A faithful man who can find. I really believe God sets a premium on those who are faithful. Faithful to show up. Faithful to be there. Faithful to volunteer. Faithful to just say, Pastor, here, you need me to do anything. I'm here. But faithful. A faithful man who can find. In Proverbs chapter 28, verse 20, it says, A faithful man shall abound in blessings. Glory to God. What a key right there. A faithful man shall abound. In other words, he'll have more than enough. What blessings to get him through the day, get him through the month, get him through the week. How many of you know and have experienced that to be true? Because of your faithfulness, you know God has brought boundless blessing to your life. I'm so thankful that he loves us. I'm so thankful that there are times I don't want to be faithful. But he always encourages me. He'll always bring me a word and say, come on now, you know you need to go. You know you need to get ready. You know you need to volunteer. You know you need to be there and help in wherever it is that they need help. A faithful man shall abound. Everybody say abound. Abound in blessing. First Corinthians chapter 4 verse 2 says, Moreover, it is required that stewards, that a man be found faithful. As a steward, as someone who oversees things, whether it be finances or whether it be a group, whether it be a, a, a study group, whatever it may be, God is requiring us to be what? Faithful. Revelations chapter 2 verse 10 says, Be thou faithful unto death. Boy, he's putting it way out there. Hey, Lord, how about me just being faithful on Sunday? Now. <laughs> How about just what I want to go to church? How about, how about that? No, what he said is in verse uh, uh, 10 in Revelations 2, Be thou what? Faithful unto what? Death. And I will give you what? A crown of life. Well, how are we going to get that crown of life? Be faithful until it's over. And I heard a guy say one day, you know what? It's never over till it's over. <laughs> so how long am I and you and the church here as a whole? How long are we to be faithful? Forever. Till we die. Till we pass this way again. I had the privilege to go see Millie Saturday and Barbara and I were praying with her. And we were just talking. And just all of a sudden she said, you know, Pastor. She said, I'm just ready. I knew what she was talking about. She wouldn't, she wouldn't talk about being ready to go home, home. She said, I'd just soon go home. And, and just without thinking, I said, you know what, Millie? You've been faithful. That's right. I said, you've been faithful. 
And did you know that's what God is required of every one of us, regardless of age, amen, race, background, culture, we're all in this together. I'm requiring you, saith the Lord, to be faithful until you die, and then when you do, I have something for you. I have a crown that I'm going to give you. Now, I'm not in it for the crown, and I know you're not either. That's just something he's going to give us. I'm not concerned about the streets that we're going to walk up are made of pure gold. I'm not concerned about that. I'm not concerned about the gates being solid pearl. I'm not concerned about that. I'm just concerned about being faithful. Can you say amen? Now, let's look at 2 Timothy. I'll wait on, uh, is Nagy back there? Is he the one that's doing that back there? Deji. Deji? Deji? Yeah, okay. There he is. I see him now. Okay, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy and chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. I'll give him a little more time on that. I uh, didn't give the scriptures to him today. 2 Timothy chapter 4, here we go. Chapter 1, it says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. He says, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Listen to this. For the time will come, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Kind of sounds like today, doesn't it? Not worrying about what's right. All they care about is doing what they want to do. Whoever. See, folks, that's the way of the world. The world or the world age that we live in, they don't live like we should. Amen. Glory to God. Verse 5 says, but watch thou in all things. Now, the Apostle Paul is talking to all of us. He's telling every one of us. But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. Now, this is the Apostle Paul going through and saying things about his life. But he instructs us about some things that we need to be careful of and admonishes us to see what's happening around us. Verse 7, or verse 6, For I'm now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Folks, evidently, right now, in this hour that I'm speaking, it is not time for my departure to be at hand. But it was for Paul. I said it was for him. And he has some wonderful things to say to us there. What are we talking about? A faithful man who can find. Another translation says, I looked over and over again, and I could find no one to put my trust in. Mm, mm, mm. Glory to God. Could I find just one? Glory to God. Paul says here in verse 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, or because of this, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only. Listen to this. And not to me only, but unto all them also that what love his appearing. Amen. I'll wake up in the morning. There's a big, big, there's a big window behind our, our bed. We've got a big headboard, but there's a big window there. And I'll look out this morning, and sometimes I'll raise my hand, and I'll say, Lord, is this the day? <laughs> I'm ready. Is Because I'm looking forward to King Jesus coming. I'm looking forward to El Shaddai, to 
to, to come and, and, and take us home. I'm looking forward to that. Why? Because I'm ready and I'm looking for him. But not everybody else in my family is ready. So I want to stay as long as I can. Why? To prepare and inform all of my family that there's still time. That there's still time. You can still get in. The gate is still open. The door is still open. Just like many of you here today. You have those who are out there. And they haven't come in yet. But we need to hold on to our confession. That they are. The apostle Paul had already stood the test. How many of you believe that? Wow, the great apostle Paul started out, Saul, the great apostle Paul has stood the test. He's been there. He stood tall. He refused to move. Well, pastor, that's the apostle Paul. I can't be the apostle Paul, but yeah, you can be you. And you can be faithful. Your name don't have to be Paul. It could be, it could be Steve or Tommy or Jack or, or Marvin or Doris or Delilah. It doesn't matter. God's just looking for someone that he can put his faith in. He did fight a good fight. He did finish his course. He did keep the faith. And because of his faithfulness, there is a crown of righteousness that has been laid up for the Apostle Paul. And not only him, I love this part, and not only him, but all of us. All of us who have said yes to this man called Jesus. There are better days ahead. Come on now. I said better days. You can have a better day than yesterday. You can have a better week than last week. You can have a better month than last month. You can have a better year than last year. In 2020, when everything went haywire, that was one of the best Years spiritually and financially, Barb and I ever had in our life. Why? Because we didn't back up. We went forward. When the devil said no, I said, yes, I can. When the devil told us we can't, I said, yes, we can. When the devil kept coming and he bombarded you with doubt and unbelief, I just kept saying, yes, I can. All things, I can do all things through Christ. What? Who is where? In me. He can't help you if he's out there. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. I love Jesus. <laughs> well, what an example the Apostle Paul was. We need to fight a good fight. We need to finish our course. And we, you and I, need to keep the faith. Paul, the first thing that he said was, I fought a good fight. First Timothy chapter six. Let's look at this. First Timothy chapter six and verse 12. Hallelujah. I fought. This is past tense. Now you and I here today, we need to say things like, I fight. I'm fighting. Amen? Amen. First <laughs> Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. He said, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and what professed your mouth. You've used it, you're telling somebody, and has professed a good profession to many witnesses. Can you say amen? Now, if I were to read that right off the bat, I would say to me, the only fight that would be a good fight would be a fight that I win. You don't hear many people going around bragging, brother, about, oh, you should have seen this fight. I lost. <laughs> I was winning, but he beat me. No, you don't hear people going around telling about their losses. Amen. I mean, whoever remembers who placed number two? Who won? 
It's who won. Amen. I said it's who won. (laughs) If you're going to live for God, you're going to have to learn how to fight. And I don't mean this way. I don't mean this way. I'm telling you, folks, however humble or meek you think you are, you're going to have to learn how to fight. You're going to have to learn how to put up. Come on now. Come on now. We don't have to be weak-kneed Christians. Some mamby-pamby group that the devil can slap around. That's why I've been teaching the authority of the believer on Wednesday nights. The devil too long has been telling people in the church that they have no rights. He's a liar. I said he's a liar. We have dominion. What we lost in the garden through Adam, we got back through Jesus Christ when he hung on the cross of Calvary. You've all been taught that for these weeks that I've been teaching that. It's, it's the word in you coming out of your mouth that's going to cause you to have the victory. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Look here at Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6, verse 12 through 17. Hallelujah. Come on now. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm going to fight. Come on, look at him and say, I'm not giving up. Look, y'all look at your pastor. I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight. I want you to fight. I said, I want you to fight. Not, not like this. I don't want you to get out in the parking lot and get mad at somebody and start fighting. We don't want that. I, I mean, I've been in business meetings where... where uh, wait a minute. I thought we were Christians here. Y'all want to fight? Step outside and I'll show you what I mean in the Bible. No, it's not about that. Come on. I said, come on. <laughs> Glory to God. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 12. We know this. For what did it say? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Verse 13. Wherefore, now we see who we're fighting against. Now he tells us what to do. And let me say this up front. Now, he's not talking about dressing like some people do to go to Walmart. Y'all know what I mean. Just shake your head. Just look straight ahead and shake your head. Yeah, I've seen him too, Pastor. Well, that's not the kind of dress that I'm talking about. <laughs> Verse uh, 13, Wherefore, taking to you the whole armor of God... That you what? Might be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to what? Stand. 14. Stand therefore having your loins gored about, listen to this, with truth. Folks, you need to know the truth about a matter. And your feet shod with important. Above all, take the shaman against you. He's given you a defensive west. Quit falling back into excuses and realize who you are in Christ. It's the word. It's that shield that's going to fend off all those lies, all those things coming your way. Fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation. Amen. And the sword of the Spirit which is what? The Word of God. Every day you get up, you need to remember this. Just like Paul said, we're going to face these things out there. We're going to face the enemies. We're going to face things that we may not know that's what we were going to face that day. Amen. When you wake up, we don't know what this day is going to bring. But I do know who holds my hand. (laughs) <laughs> I do know, I'm tell you, let me tell you, I do know how I'm going to get through it because I know him. I said, I know him. I said, I know him. What did he say? He said, you go out and dress yourself, listen to this, with the truth. Dress yourself, prefer, pre, dress yourself properly. Dress yourself with the truth. Dress yourself with righteousness. Dress yourself with the gospel. Dress yourself with faith. Dress yourself with salvation. 
And he said, most of all, dress yourself which is, with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Come on, folks. When we walk outside, we ought to be, we ought to be dressed. Come on, devil. Come on. I got my helmet on. Got my feet shod. Got my breastplate on. Got my loins protected. Got the sword of the Spirit. Got my face shielded up. Amen. Now just give me your best shot. Pup, there comes one. I got it. Pup, here comes another. Here, pup, there's another one. He said you could fend off. Oh! Everybody say oh! Oh, the fiery darts of the wicked. It don't matter what's coming at you. Like I said, quit backing up. You know, David would have never slew Goliath if he had seen him and said, oh, no. No. He said, who do you think you are? You uncircumcised Philistine. You come to us bragging about all the things you have done and that great army that's behind you, I come to you in the name name of Jehovah and all that's behind him. What did he do? He took that sling, put a stone in it, and he walked right at Goliath. No, he didn't walk. Come on, what did he do? He ran. Come on, quit walking towards that mountain. Start running towards that mountain. I said start running toward that mountain. And on the way there, amen, he let loose that little stone, hit old Goliath right here, and he fell down dead as a doornail. And if that wasn't enough, <laughs> he went up, took his own sword, Goliath's sword, took his, cut his head off and, put, and went and put it in his tent. Glory to God. That's where all your troubles belong. In your tent. Because you cut them off. I said because you cut them off. Can you say amen? We're not fighting each other. Look around this church. I don't want to get in a fight with any of you. Let's join forces and fight the devil. Let's join forces and fight all the demonic power and oppression and depression that's over Kansas City. How about that? I said, how about that? Let's come and get those forces. Those demonic forces that don't want you to know what you ought to do. Don't want you to succeed. All they care about is this church and everybody comes here and every other church that's preaching the gospel is to fail and fail miserably. But we're not. I said we're not. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Now thanks be unto... I love this because I love to win. Now thanks be unto God which what? Maybe once in a while. <laughs> Maybe once in a while God will let me win. No! You mean God wants us to win all the time? Absolutely! We serve a Jesus who is undefeated. Never lost a battle. Never lost anything. Never lost a debate with the devil. He always won, every one of them. Second Corinthians 2.14 says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes me to what? Triumph. He will always cause you to triumph. How? I don't know. But he'll always bring victory to your house. He'll always show you a better way. He'll always show you things that you had never thought of before. He said he would always cause you and I to what? Triumph. I'm a winner. I'm a winner. I tell you, I win. Amen. I win. I'm not only going to win on this side. I'm going to win on the other side. Because I won't have to worry about no battles over there. Come on. We would have already won. (laughs) Glory to God. Let me give an example. Anybody ever watch the movie Rocky? Okay. The first movie that Rocky came out with. You know that movie there. And, uh, of course, his greatest opponent was Apollo Creed. And uh, man, that guy that played that part was excellent. But Apollo Creed was so fast and so good. And the only reason that Apollo Creed gave Rocky an opportunity, he was trying to build up a big audience. 
I'll bring in the hometown boy and give him a chance. But he didn't. How many of you know the devil doesn't know what's in your heart? How many of you know Rocky had a big heart in here? Big heart. Well, the fight started going. And you know his manager, whose name was Mick. Y'all know the movie. Okay. Apollo Creed is just beating him down, beating him down, beating him down. Rocky just kept going to the ground, going to the ground, going to the ground. And one scene, it shows Rocky laying on the ground, and Mick is yelling at him, Don't get up! Don't get up anymore! Don't get up! And, that, and, and then that famous sound, that famous music comes on, however that goes. And all of a sudden, Rocky jumps up. He goes to the corner, and he looks at Mick, and you know what he said? I ain't going down no more. Woo! I got up and shouted when they did that in that movie. Not for the simple part, but for the part was he wasn't going down no more. How many of you in here been knocked down and knocked down and knocked, come on, help me, and knocked down and knocked down and you got tired of being knocked down and knocked down and knocked down. But finally... You realized who you were in Christ. And you jumped up and you said, no, it wasn't Mick you was talking to this time. You said, Lord, I'm not going down no more. And you jumped up and you started fighting. And we're fighting today. Just go ahead and shout, Rocky. (laughs) The spirit of Rocky. That's what you are. That's powerful. I said that's powerful. Personally, that's powerful. I know. I know. It's not easy sometimes to get up and then get up again, especially in the pastoral ministry. It's not easy. Barb and I and our children have lived in a glass house our whole life it's not easy to get up but we do (laughs) but you do but you do that's why you're here today you refused to stay down everybody say this with me I know ain't is not a word that's bad English but let's talk like Rocky this morning say I ain't Going down. No more. What a confession. What a confession. (laughs) What did he say next? Paul said, I'm going to finish my course. Look here at Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, beginning to verse 17. Praise God. Acts chapter 20, verse 17. And from Miletus... He sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church, 17 through 24. Uh, is that 18? Yeah. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons. Boy, isn't that good to know that he's with us in all seasons? I said he's with us in all seasons. Serving the Lord with all humility. Listen to these words. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. And how I kept back nothing. Boy, isn't that something? That's the way every preacher preaching across the world today ought to preach. Don't keep back nothing. Give them all you got. Give them everything that you know that God has given you. Give it to them. Give it to them because they're going to need it. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you by example and have taught you publicly, and he did, and he went from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he was teaching. Amen. Verse 22, and now behold, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things 
that shall befall me there. He had no idea what was going to happen to him when he got there. But Paul was standing. Verse 23, he said, say the Holy Ghost witness in every city. In other words, except the Holy Ghost show him and be a witness, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But, I love this. This sounds just like Paul. Now, this ought to be your confession. This ought to be us. Come on, folks. I mean, uh, I'm no different from you when I leave this pulpit. I put up with things just like you do. And I'm going to be responsible for everything I say to you from here. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. But you know what? You're going to be responsible for everything you hear me say and you don't do it. He won't hold me responsible for what I teach you because you didn't do it. Hey, glory to God. I know that's one of those shouting verses. but (laughs) (laughs) Glory to God. But, this is the Apostle Paul. He said, none of these things move me. Anything I've gone through, anything that I've faced, None of these things move me. He said, neither count I my life dear to myself. My life doesn't mean anything to me. Now, when believers get to this point, to where your life here does not mean anything to you anymore, now you and I are on our way to being faithful. Woo, glory to God. That's where Paul was. I said, that's where Paul was. So that I might what? Finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord. Listen to this. This is what Paul was saying. And this is what we ought to be saying. My life isn't anything in comparison to finishing my course. This life that I now live does not compare with God speaking to me and me finishing my assignment. Hallelujah. I know that's, that's, that's out there, but you can do it. Can you say amen? <laughs> Look here, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians 9, talking about Paul said, I finished my course. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24 through 27. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all? But one, everybody say one, one receiveth the prize. So why are we in this race? Run so that you may what? Obtain what? That crown. Glory to God. I love this stuff. And every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered in all things. Now they do it to obtain a what? A corruptible crown. Men down here, rulers down here, they're doing it for the wrong reason because their crown is going to be, uh, it's corrupted and it'll fall apart. It will amount to nothing. But we, an incorruptible. Praise God. What we do, we're going to receive an incorruptible crown. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty. I know why I'm running. Sometimes I run around the church. I know why I'm running. It ain't up to you to figure out why I'm running. What's he running for? It don't matter what you think I'm running for. You don't know what I'm running for. But I'm running. I said I'm running. And I've told you before, if I get to where I can't run, I'll scoot. I will. Come on, I will. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty. Uh-uh, I'm certain about where I'm running to. I know where I'm running to. And then what did he say? So fight! Not as one that beateth the air. In other words, you don't know what's going on. You, you know, we wrestle not. Yeah, we know who we're fighting. Run like you know who you're fighting. Run like you know you're going to win. Can you say amen? You'll never finish your course by looking back. Never. You'll never finish your course by looking back. In 1995, they were running the uh, Honolulu-Hawaii Marathon. 
The year before that, I walked in and told Barb, I said, I'm going to run a marathon. She said, yeah, and you're crazy. She said, do you know how many miles that is? I said, yes, I do. It's 26.2 miles. She said, would you go look in the mirror? (laughs) I weighed 252 pounds when I told her that. Did did you ever get determined about anything? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in April, the year before the marathon was to be run, which was in December, and it was the 35th running of the Honolulu-Hawaii Marathon. I started training in April. We had a little track. I'm talking about finishing a course. But I was determined. I had a made-up mind that I was going to run that race. I started in April. I couldn't even jog. We had a half-mile track. I couldn't even jog around that half-mile track. I got so tired when I started jogging, I had to... About a quarter, halfway around it, I had to quit and walk. So I started walking. I got up every morning. And when I mean every morning, whether it was raining, whether it was snowing, whether it was whatever, hot, cold, I got up every morning at 6 o'clock and I was on the road walking. Then I got to where I could jog a little bit. Then I could jog a mile. Then I got to where I just kept going every day, April, May. I could jog uh, three miles. That's a 5K. I got to where I was jogging 5K. And I got finally just kept jogging over in May, June, July. I was jogging 10 miles. I was jogging 10 miles. I was determined every day, every day. And and about uh, October, November is when they said that's when you'll start peaking. But in in October and November, I got up to 15 and 20 miles. And the guy said, if you can jog 15 or 20 miles, you can jog 26.2. So I never did do 26.2 till the day of the race. We flew over, and what a place to run a marathon. Honolulu, Hawaii. <laughs> I mean, the course was beautiful. On the day of the race, I was so nervous, but I was so excited. You know why I was excited? I knew I had trained. I knew I had prepared myself. I knew that the race that had been set before me, I could do it. They sounded the whistle. The first, there were 22,000 runners that day. Out of 22,000 runners in my age limit, I was 55 years old. I finished 12,000. At least I didn't finish last. Come on now. <laughs> The first six miles, it was pouring the rain. Anybody on your journey have ever looked up and said, Lord, I need some help here. You know, raining this, raining whatever. First six miles, feeling good, feeling good. Six miles, then it quit raining. The sun come out, and I just kept jogging, just kept jogging. I got to the, I think the 12-mile mark. I'm still going. I'm doing good. Here come the guy Around He passes me and won the race in two hours, I think, and 38 minutes. I mean, he passed me like, what? He was running. I mean, he was running. Amen. I finally got 20 miles. I'm doing good. I'm thinking to myself, six miles. Six miles, you can do it. And on that last three miles, you can look way down through there and you can see the finish line. And all these people are there. All these people are there. <laughs> and I'm going, I'm going. 23 miles. 24 miles. 25 miles. And I see this great big old sign. Finish line. That was my whole reason to enter that race was to finish. Did I win? No. But did I finish? Yes. 55 years old, never ran in my life, but I made a decision. I was going to run a marathon. I finished that 26.2 miles in six hours, three minutes, and about 45 seconds. Not the best time, but it was my time. And I finished. I finished my course. 
Folks, that's all God is asking you to do is to finish your course. And the last thing he said, I've kept the faith. Look here at Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Hallelujah. Hebrews 10, verse 23. He said, let us hold fast. Come on. Hold fast. That profession, you could also say your confession. Hold on to it. Hold on to it because you're going to need it. Hold fast the profession of your faith without wavering. Don't you let anybody get that away from you. Don't you let anybody steal your confession. Don't you let anybody steal from you what you know is the truth. Hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is what? Faithful. Faithful that what? Promise. Now look at verse 38 in that same chapter. Hebrews 10, 38. Hebrews 10, 38. It says, Now the just shall live by what? Faith. But if any man, look, if any man draw back, if you fall away, if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. In other words, what he's saying is if you continually keep falling back, I can't help you. I can't help you. Let's not be one of those people that just go to God when we're in trouble or when we need something. Let's show up and say, hey, God, guess what? I don't want to think. I just come to praise your name. Glory to God. He's going to say, say what? That was a joke. Forget it. <laughs> Amen. God can get so you, but he loves you. He wants you to come. But sometimes he gets so used to everyone wanting something. Instead of going to him and saying, hey, God, I got this to give to you. Hallelujah. Can you say man? Every time, listen to this. He kept the faith. I really believe that. Every time he was beaten, listen, he looked to Jesus. Every time Paul was shipwrecked, he looked to Jesus. Every time he was in jail, he looked to Jesus. Every time he was thrown out of town, he looked to Jesus. Proverbs 26, our beginning text. A faithful man who can find. My final question to you and an encouraging word. Can God trust you? Can your local church trust you? Keep fighting. Finish your course. And keep the faith. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you today for the opportunity to share your word. You know, it's always a joy for me to share your word. So we thank you. We're believing that the word fell on anointed ears, people that wanted to hear something today, people that wanted to come and hear something that was going to convince them to keep the faith, keep fighting, and stay on course. So, Father, we just thank you today that that's what this church is going to do. We're going to fight, we're going to stay on course, and we're going to keep the faith. And we want to bring many people with us as we can. So as we send out our people from here, let them be witnesses. And I speak to the north, the south, the east, and the west. And I call people to come in right now to this church. I cause them to come in to be a part of what we're doing. In the children's group, in the youth group, in, in, in our adult services, whatever. In service, come and let us win Kansas City. For the Lord Jesus Christ. I know we're not the only church, but we are a church who wants to do something. So we thank you, Father. Here we are. We're alive and we're healthy and we're blessed and we have the means to do things. So use every one of us. Use every one of us. Speak to every man, woman, boy, and girl in this sanctuary today. Speak to them about their assignment and don't release them from it. Keep speaking to them. Keep talking to them. Don't release them from it. And Father, we just thank you. We'll give you praise and glory. Is there anybody here this morning that's never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior?
You've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior. Until you do with your mouth, until you say, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. Those are the words that he's waiting to hear. Is that you? Is that anybody in here? Looking around, I believe everybody is. But you may be here this morning, you may say, Pastor, I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure I'm ready to go to heaven. But if you're not, you need to know. You need to know in here. You need to know if Jesus Christ himself walked through that door, stood right here where I'm standing, opened out his arm and says, are you ready to go? And if you could not say yes, then you need to come right now. But if you could, Man, what an altar call that would be. <laughs> but he's given that altar call every, every day. He may not be here bodily, but he's using messengers like me, using messengers like you guys, speaking to a lost and dying world out there. They need to see Jesus in you somewhere, somehow. Amen. Let's stand. Praise God. Thank you, Father, for all you've done, all you're doing. We're having dinner today. If you're a guest, we'd love to have you stay and eat dinner with us and partake of it. What a great time it is to fellowship while we're eating. Hallelujah. What a great time. I'm going to go ahead and bless the food, and then you can be dismissed and go right downstairs, and I guess you can just uh, go on ahead and eat. If our guests are staying, we'll let them go first. Barb, you can take them down if they're going to stay and eat. What? Okay, we can do that. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word we've heard today. Thank you for all those that took part in whatever it was to make this service what it was today. We bless the food, bless everyone that prepared it, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. See you Wednesday.